0: Welcome back, Giants fans. Another week, another win. I'm getting used to this, and it feels great. This game, I feel even better about this one, honestly, because this is a game where The Giants did some things at the end that were not perfect and did some things where they could have lost the game pretty easily. Of course, I'm talking about the Saquon Barkley running out of bounds three times when he's supposed to stay inbounds. I'm talking about the three defensive penalties on the Jaguars' final drive that extended that Jaguars' drive. The Giants did not really they weren't perfect in that regard of trying to execute the game plan. But even facing that adversity, they still found a way to come through and get this victory. Yes, they won by a yard. I get it was very close, nerve wracking. It should not have gotten to that point. But the Giants got themselves the win. That's all that matters. So that's kind of why I like this win more than even last week because the Giants faced a lot more adversity, especially the final few minutes, and they still were able to get the victory and find themselves at six and one, one of the only two teams in the NFL with six wins. Of course, the Eagles are six and oh, they had their bye, but the Giants and Eagles are the only team in the NFL with more than five wins, so that is amazing. So anyway, a lot to talk about. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like, I always forget to say that. Leave a like, hope you guys enjoy, and let's get into it. We'll start with the Giants offense as we tend to do on these game reactions. The Giants had two 100-yard rushers in this game. This was the first time the Giants have done that since December of 2010, which I believe was the game in... uh I guess technically it was in Detroit. It was the game where they were supposed to play in Minnesota, but the whole dome collapsed because the snow, like you know, was on top of the stadium and it collapsed. So it was that game against the Vikings back in 2010. That was a Mod Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs, no surprise. But this time it was accomplished by a quarterback and a running back, of course, that being Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Saquon was 24, 110, 4.6 a carry. Daniel Jones, 11 carries, 107 yards, 9.7 a carry, and of course the rushing touchdown. The quarterback sneak to put the Giants up by three late in the game. And I'm sure you guys saw this stat. I went over this in my game preview that the Jaguars were the third best rushing defense this year in the NFL. They gave up the third fewest rushing yards in the NFL. So for the Giants to come out here and just accomplish something they have not accomplished in the rushing department since 2010, is just amazing. So you love seeing that. And passing wise, it was not a bad day either. Daniel Jones had over 200 yards, 19 for 30, 202 yards, one touchdown, and no turnovers. And Daniel Jones continues to prove that he might be the guy for this franchise. I still want to see the season play out. There's no reason to make a, uh, you know, premature assumption here about his contract and whatever. There's still, you know, a lot of games left in this season. But so far, Daniel Jones is doing everything this coaching staff is asking him to do and, like, even more. He's doing such a great job better than I thought he would do. Of course, coming into this year, I had higher expectations for Jones than the previous two years because the previous two years with Jason Garrett were so bad. But Jones is even outperforming my expectations for how well he's played this year. And as I said in one of my tweets today, as long as the Giants keep winning these games and Jones keeps playing at this level, he's gonna be back next year. I don't see why not. The Giants don't have another... Option at quarterback, they will not have a high draft pick. So, if Jones plays this way and the Giants continue to win games, and Joe Shane at least is kind of sold, he's the guy, then I don't see how he's not back next year. Some more receiver stuff we saw Wandale Robinson at 50 yards, Darius Slayton had 58 yards, Wandale with six catches, Darius Slayton with three catches. Of course, Slayton had the touchdown on the opening drive, a 32 yarder, and it was one that Slayton bobbled. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was a little concerning. I mean, he high pointed the ball very nicely, but then you know, he kind of bobbled it, but he came down with it, thank God, and completed the uh, process of the catch. So the Giants took a quick 7-0 lead. Of course, they gave it right back, and we're down 7-8. But I would say the first half passing offense was very good. We saw Wondell Robinson get very involved early, not as much in the second half, but it was good to see him out there once again playing more snaps. Andrew Thomas continues to be the best left tackle in football. According to Pro Football Focus, he allowed zero pressures on 36 pass-blocking snaps. Andrew Thomas continues to get it done. The Giants had a 10 play, 79-yard drive in the fourth quarter that accumulated nearly six minutes, five minutes fifty-nine seconds to take that 20 to 17 lead. That was the drive where Daniel Jones had the quarterback sneak to put the Giants up three. And then there was the Marcus Johnson drop. And this was bad. I know the Giants are playing with some receivers that uh we were not expecting to see in the beginning of the year. But, of course, with all the injuries, the Giants have to play some receivers that uh weren't necessarily supposed to be here. And Marcus Johnson's one of those guys. The Giants had a fourth and two. They were near the end zone. I would say the Giants were, like, about four or five yards out from the end zone. The first down marker was, like, at the Jaguars' two or three-yard line. So it was a fourth and two. They go for it. And Daniel Jones puts the ball in a perfect spot on a Marcus Johnson slant right in his chest between his numbers. And he drops it. And that play, of course, sucked because of the you know how important that was in the uh, in the middle of the game. But I also saw something from Daniel Jones after that throw that you almost never see from him. We know Jones is kind of like Eli Manning. He'll never like wear his emotions on his sleeve, and like he's just more of a. Uh know, I don't want to say emotionless guy, but Daniel Jones does not really get too animated when something either goes great or not too well. And this was a situation where Daniel Jones, after that drop happened, the camera cut to him and you can see he was livid. He was not screaming at Marcus Johnson, but you can pretty much read his lips saying catch the ball, or maybe it was catch the effing ball, something along those lines. So I don't blame Jones whatsoever. When you're a quarterback on an important fourth down inside your opponent's five yard line, you put it right between the numbers and that guy drops it you have every right to be pissed off so I completely get that but it was interesting because you never see Daniel Jones act like that it's been basically three and a half years of him being here you don't see him getting too animated very often so I did want to point that out Evan Neal Ben Bredesen they left with injuries but neither are believed to be serious according to a Jordan Ronan tweet of course we care a lot more about Evan Neal him being a top uh, you know top seven pick in this uh, past year's draft and Evan Neal have been playing so well so that definitely sucks but You know, luckily, it should not be like a season-ending type injury. He may have to miss some time, same with Bredesen, but it should not be like a season-ending type injury. So if those guys have to miss a couple weeks or whatever, it is what it is, but it could have been worse. So I guess that's the best-case scenario. For the Giants' defense, a lot of it felt like last week, especially the beginning, because we know what Kenyon Drake did last week on um, not that many carries. I think Drake had like 10 or 11 carries, but he had 119 yards. This week was kind of the same thing with Travis Etienne. Another small, shifty back. 14 carries, 114 yards, 8.1 per carry, and a rushing touchdown. So he absolutely slaughtered the Giants' run defense. That's been an issue here the past few games. Christian Kirk, who was one of my main concerns coming into this game, was four yards away from 100, so he had a good game in this one. A lot of it came against Darnay Holmes, which is one of the main concerns. Evan Engram had four for 67, so a decent game for Evan Engram in his uh, revenge spot versus the Giants. And Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, nearly had identical stat lines, four catches for 57 yards, and Zay Jones had four for 54 yards. So one of the biggest plays in this game, obviously, which may have been forgotten because it was the second quarter, but... Travis Etienne was about to run in a touchdown to make it 17-10 to 10 possibly for the Jaguars. And he was about five yards away, about to break off a huge run for a touchdown. Then Xavier McKinney caused a fumble. The Giants recovered it, and that pretty much changed the entire game. I guess it would have been 18-10 to technically because the Jaguars had 11 points, but you get it. It was a huge play by Xavier McKinney. So after McKinney forces the fumble, Julian Love recovers it. The Giants go on a nice little drive. They get a 33-yard field goal from Graham Gano, and they take a 13-11 to lead heading into the half. And at that point, I'm feeling super confident because we know the Giants are so good at halftime adjustments now, and the Giants have been such a great third quarter specifically fourth quarter team this year and coming into the game i expected the giants to win anyway but the fact that they were up at halftime i felt even better about it and the giants defense as usual in the second half did a much better job the jaguars only had 6 points the entire second half 0 points in the fourth quarter and the giants outscored jacksonville overall 10 to 6 in the second half of this game now that final drive by the jaguars where they got the ball back with a lot of time left not a lot but like maybe a little over a minute because Unfortunately, Saquon Barkley had a play where he slid out of bounds, and it was a confusing one because I feel like a lot of times in the NFL, when the guy starts his slide, is where the play is supposed to be pretty much dead, right? But Saquon slides out of bounds, and his ankle or whatever touched the uh, out of bounds line, and at that point, the clock kept running in the game. Then the Jaguars challenged it or the booth challenged it or whatever. And the clock went back to like one minute, five seconds. So the Jaguars got like 40 extra seconds to work with on their final drive. And of course we know what happened on that final Jaguars drive. They got the ball with one minute, four seconds left. And the Giants had like three penalties on this final drive by the Jaguars. There was a five yard holding play for the Giants and a five yard illegal use of the hands. And of course the big one here with 19 seconds to go, Trevor Lawrence found Marvin Jones it was a great throw great catch for 28 yards but there was also a roughing the passer I believe it was on Dexter Lawrence that gave the Jaguars an extra 15 yards so at that point Jacksonville had the ball on the Giants 17 yard line and they had a few shots here at the end zone they tried one for Zay Jones they tried one for Marvin Jones both passes were too high not catchable but on the final play of this game Trevor Lawrence, no timeouts to go, 17 yards away from the end zone. He passes down the middle, a strike to Christian Kirk. And at that point, you are crapping your pants as a Giants fan because Kirk just has to go like a few more yards and cross the end zone and the Giants would be tied. But of course, penning the extra point, they could have lost that game by one. But of course, somehow a guy that just continues to come out of nowhere and make play after play for this Giants secondary, Fabian Moreau was able to basically stand him up at the goal line and keep Christian Kirk out of the end zone he had help from Xavier McKinney as well to make that tackle but with Fabian Moreau keeping him out of the end zone the Giants were able to keep him out the clock kept running and that was it that was the final play of that game so the Giants just barely hold on to this game they were able to win it 23-17 it kind of reminded me of that Super Bowl when the Rams played the Titans and that guy got down at the one yard line I don't even know if I was alive yet for that but it kind of seemed like that so it was a crazy game. And just once again, like things that did not go our way as Giants fans the past five years or so are just continuing to go our way. It just seems like every time you think uh, the same old Giants are about to show up, it's just like something good happens. And in this case, it was, yeah, we had three defensive penalties on the final drive for Jacksonville. Saquon, by sliding in bounds, gave them 40 extra seconds. They made so many mistakes, which is why I kind of like this win more than last week because they faced so much more adversity and made so many more mistakes, but they were still able to win the game, which is a great feeling. So to come away with that victory, it feels awesome. And look, at the end of the day, it's just about getting wins and losses. The Giants are finding ways to establish a winning culture. I've always said there's only two types of cultures, winning cultures and losing cultures. Anyone that brings up this other culture is just a coach trying to keep his job or something. So the Giants are establishing this winning culture. Our coaching staff is doing such a fantastic job. I mean, just so many positive reviews so far about Brian Dable, Don Martindale, Mike Kafka, and they deserve everything. Obviously, it's the players going out there and executing the game plan and all that, but the Giants coaching staff, I guess maybe it's even more um, amplified because the Giants coaches the past you know five six years have not been very good with Joe Judge and Jason Garrett that of course was terrible and then we saw Pat Shermer and James Betcher, and then of course we have Ben McAdoo before that so I, I think the Giants now finally have a really good coach and we have not really seen a really good Giants head coach since like prime Tom Coughlin so it's been a long time I'm sure that's like helping us realize how great this coaching staff has been as compared to previous years and definitely a shout out to the guys who filled in for the injured offensive linemen that's of course is Joshua Izuda at left guard and Tyree Phillips at right tackle a guy that we signed like basically off the street um, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens he came in at right tackle and was not like noticeable he had some really nice pass blocking reps and like was not really you know a bad part of the offensive line in this game so he came in held his own same thing for Izuda I didn't mention this on the offense I completely forgot about it but Daniel Bellinger had a very scary face injury Towards the end of the second quarter and you know, like his eye got poked in or something. It was it was really like scary. He was bleeding. Um, and that's why like I don't get why more players don't wear a clear visors. I get like not wanting to wear like a dark visor, but like I don't know why players don't wear clear visors. Anyway, that happened in the second quarter. Bellinger had to leave the game, went to the hospital. I believe he has to get looked at by an eye doctor tomorrow, so that's a rough one. But hopefully Bellinger's all right because he's been such a great surprise. The rookie fourth round tight end. All right, what else happened in this game and from my notes section here? Um, There was that BS roughing the passer call on Dexter Lawrence. It was so stupid. Early third quarter, Lawrence just, you know, it was a late hit. I mean, hit in quotes. Um, But Dexter Lawrence just pulled Trevor Lawrence down by the jersey, and they called that roughing the passer. I mean, at what point, like, do we just stop with these ridiculous calls? I mentioned the uh, Marcus Johnson dropped fourth and two near the end zone. That was a very rough play right there. But the Jags, right after the Giants went for it on fourth down, did have a three and out. So the Giants got pretty decent field position after the punt. They Got it back on their own 32. So I know they didn't get the uh, fourth down play, but it wasn't the end of the world because the Giants defense got a three and out right after. There was a big fourth down stand by the Giants defense. The Jaguars had a fourth and one on the Giants' 21 yard line. And obviously, if Jacksonville gets this, they are in the Giants' red zone. They prolong their drive, a chance to make it either 20 to 13 with a field goal or even go up and make it a two score game if they score a touchdown. So this fourth down stop by the Giants was huge. And then there was the Giants final offensive drive and Saquon was getting some big chunk plays, 13 yards, 20 yards, Daniel Jones for 15 yards, but on some of those Saquon Barkley of course stayed in or went out of bounds which was not what he should have done. He should have been staying in bounds to keep the clock running. And that almost cost the Giants the game. So hopefully Saquon does learn from that. And it's funny because last week Saquon made such a big brain play and Slid down after getting the first down in the Ravens game when he could have scored a touchdown to pretty much end the game right then and there. But of course, the next week he does the complete opposite and just, you know, puts the Giants in a worse situation by going out of bounds. So he did the right thing last week, but this week it was the complete opposite. Now on that Jaguars final drive, when the Giants had that roughing the passer call on Dexter Lawrence, which I think may have been the right call. I think Lawrence put most of his weight on Lawrence, and like the NFL does not want defensive players to do that to quarterbacks. I get it. They want quarterbacks to stay healthy. That's kind of like the main draw of NFL games. I get that. Uh, Jeremy Pena home run. Astros tied at three. All right. So anyway, on that play, um, when Dexter Lawrence had the roughing the passer on the final... Jaguars drive, Kayvon Thibodeau was held on that play. I mean, you can clearly see the replay that he was held, like his basically his neck was being held, and like they just didn't call it. So, you know, I know that yes, there was roughing the passer, but the Giants also had a call that kind of went against them because they that should have been offensive holding, but it wasn't even called. And that's the main takeaway for me. Getting a big win here despite making a ton of mistakes. Not a ton, but just mistakes that would normally lose Giants games in the past. And speaking of mistakes, there were a lot of penalties for both teams. The Jaguars had 13 of them. That cost them 81 yards. The Giants had eight penalties that cost them 67 yards. So both teams had key penalties. The Giants actually won time of possession, 34 minutes to 25 minutes for Jacksonville. So a good job there. But total yards-wise, it was close. Like last week versus Baltimore, the Ravens had like 400 or something total yards. The Giants only had like, what, 170-something? I don't know. It wasn't really many at all. But the Giants still won that game. But this time it was more even. Jacksonville had about um 16 more total yards than the Giants did so it wasn't really a crazy difference there so going forward the Giants now at six and one they're at Seattle next week uh, before heading into their bye. so next week's the last week before their bye. um And Seattle just lost DK Metcalf today. I don't know how bad the injury is, but he got carted off with a knee injury in the first half. So if Metcalf misses that game, of course, that is their best offensive weapon, even though they have a young running back, Kenneth Walker, who's been unbelievable lately. And the Giants have had plenty of problems with running backs lately, so that's concerning. But Metcalf, of course, has been great since entering the NFL, so if they're without him, that would help a lot. So I do believe I saw Talking Giants tweeted that the Giants are already two and a half point underdogs in Seattle. Next week, but hey, bring the energy. We don't care. Bring the same energy. We don't care. The Giants, I think, like this uh, underdog mentality. They're going to keep going with that. And I get why the Giants were underdogs today. Jacksonville matched up well. They were good at stopping the run coming into this game. And, you know, they had the pieces defensively to stop the Giants' offense. The Giants' defense continues to do what they do timely turnovers, getting that, you know, ETN fumble. And the Giants' offense, every time they go down, they just respond with a touchdown drive or a field goal drive or whatever. So the Giants, they always find ways to win these games, stay close in these games and then pull away in the fourth quarter. Not pull away, but just go up in the fourth quarter and not give the lead back. So we'll see, seven and one is on the table going into the bye, which is something I never thought I would say, but at worst, it's six and two going into the bye. And then you have a couple of easier matchups coming out with the Texans and Lions at home. So the Giants here at worst going into Thanksgiving should probably be eight and two, and that's at worst. I mean, I guess I could see them going seven and three, but I would say at worst, you're going eight and two, which is just crazy. I remember I said on my Giants like schedule breakdown video when the schedule was released back in whatever it was, I don't know when the schedule gets released, like May, June, whatever. Um, I said to you guys, I want the Giants to be in playoff conversations or like in the hunt for that Thanksgiving game because I would get very excited for it. But now we're in a situation where the Giants might be eight and two or even like possibly nine and one going into that Thanksgiving game. So that greatly exceeds my expectations. That's great news. So we're getting towards the second half of the year, but the first half has been unbelievable. I'll try to think of some interesting bi-week content for you guys. If you have any ideas, let me know in the comments, but hope you guys enjoyed this video. Enjoy the rest of your week, another victory week for us, but hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.